I am walking underwater. <laughs> that is, I am in the aquarium or the sea part of the zoo. And in front of me is this huge diorama almost of coral. This is um, a, a coral reef. Oh, wow. And these two black fish, I think, have just laid... Not eggs, but there are tiny, tiny, tiny little fish in a huge swarm. And I think they were just born. Because the two fish are circling around them, like keeping them together. That is interesting. Look at how small they are. Oh, yeah, they're definitely protecting the... The, how do you call that? The flock or the, the, the group of, of tiny little fish? They, these must have just been born. The reason that I know that is I used to have an aquarium myself as a child. And so sometimes in the morning you would wake up and see there are tiny, tiny little fish everywhere. And then, of course, after a few weeks they would grow up and uh, then all of a sudden you would have a ton of fish in your aquarium. Sometimes so many that I had to give them away to, uh, to my classmates. I love this, uh, this under, under the sea area, first of all because it's very cool um, and secondly because it's very dark here. Um, it's, it's constructed like a big grotto, it's almost as if you are under, under the earth and the displays that they hear, are very thick glass, makes you feel as if you're literally in an underwater cave looking at the sea that surrounds you. And I love that they actually grow uh, the coral here. And you can, you can see, because if, if you look closely at, for instance, this, this whole blob of like orange coral with tiny little green edges, it, it's just moving in the water. The water itself is, is constantly in, in movement. So the coral is breathing and, and, and moving uh, very subtly and one of the things that they try to do here in this uh, uh, in this zoo is to breed as many types of coral as possible uh, because of course uh, coral is getting extinct there's a lot of environmental pressure on natural occurring coral and so what they try to do is to gather samples of all these different corals and grow them here in optimal Circumstances, and, and according to what I've been told, this particular zoo is very, very good at this. Uh, it's one of their specialisms, and it's beautiful to see it here in front of you. It almost looks like extraterrestrial landscapes. The only downside of being in this cavernous <laughs> space is that uh, there are usually a lot of families walking around, and the kids love the echo. So if, if you all of a sudden hear kids scream and yell like that it's because they love the echo more than they love looking at the <laughs> the big fish this is the the biggest let me just go up some stairs here it's almost like a they created um, like an arena here like a half circle and I can sit down on these on these rocks so I'm now at the back of this huge grotto and in front of me is this massive, massive, massive wall of glass. 
I think the glass itself is like 20 inches thick. And behind it is their biggest uh, tank. And it's filled with sharks. So there are a couple of sharks. I see one. And then over there in the distance, uh, there's a, another beautiful shark that is floating towards us. What I love about the way they did it. Oh, and then there's a third one on the left that just occurs, uh, just emerges. The tank itself is a little bit bigger than what you see. And because the way it's lit, only the, f the front part of the, of the tank is lit by very, very bright uh, rays of, well, kind of artificial sunlight. And that has a wonderful filmic cinematic effect. And that is when the sharks are, are, are swimming into the light, it is as, as if they are emerging from the depths of the ocean. The tank itself is probably much more shallow than it looks but the way it's lit it feels like this is this you're, you're just looking at the sea you don't see the the back of the of the tank it's it's uh, amazingly done and then it's not just a shark you've got lots of schools of fishes they're swimming around Ooh, there's another one that's a big shark looks more like a bottom dweller because he's got a flat stomach so it's probably one of those sharks that uh, swims on the on the ocean uh, floor so I've, I've already seen I think at least three types of sharks they're not dangerous because they feed them I think once a week or once every few days um, so and that's also so they don't eat the other fish in the tank because there are lots of yellow and blue fishes also swimming around there sharks when they have their belly full they've been trained also to eat uh, at specific times and to be fed um, I think above the, the tank they have platforms. Oh wow, the, the light actually goes down now. It gets much darker in the water. I don't know why they do that, but I've never really sat here for an extended time, so maybe this is just part of the, how they make it interesting. So sometimes it, it gets very dark and then the lights go up again. So now there are no sun rays. That's very cool. I guess that's kind of what happens in, the, in, in, in nature as well, where sometimes there will be clouds, and so you won't have direct sunlight, and then when the clouds dissipate, the sun just beams down on the water. I do know also that they have a day and night cycle here, because I, uh, I visited this place, was it last year? I think it was early last year. And we were here after after closing hours and this whole system of grottos artificial grottos was very very dark and there was a little bit of light but it was super scary because you would barely see the fish and that's also of course to mimic nature itself so these fish can also have well, I don't know they well they they sleep probably or at least they they kind of slow down their metabolism during during the night beautiful today on on this underwater <laughs> walk I, I should call this podcast uh, the swim maybe instead of the walk um, I'd like to share with you something that you can learn from the fishes and from the sh from the sharks one of the one of the reasons that I love to be here especially when it's not as busy oh there the sun is back 
wow, that is a huge light difference when these beams are, are visible. Um, when, it, when it's quiet here, sometimes I'm, I'm here early in the morning, not when I walk to the zoo, but when I take my bike, I can be here at opening hours, and this part is completely empty. No kids, no families, no noise. The only thing that just goes on here is the fish, and they just swim around. And that's all they do. They have no long-term strategy or career plans. They are just here to swim and to be, well, of course, to eat and to hunt. But one of the, one of the effects that this part of the zoo has on me is it, it kind of calms me down. It makes me realize that a lot of my plans are, in the end, very, very relative. You're always kind of waiting for the next big thing or working towards the next big thing. And there's nothing wrong with ambition. But we often dramatize our lives by, by having goals or ideals that we cannot meet. And then we get super disappointed. And disappointment and frustration in your life often comes from the fact that reality doesn't match our expectations or our wishes. And so, in moments like that, and again, I'm not talking about having ideals and, and wanting to grow. Nature itself, by its essence, is always evolving and always getting better. That's what evolution is about. These, these sharks that I see have evolved from, you know, just like all the other fishes, from, from their ancestors. But for their particular goal or whatever they wanted to do, be more efficient hunters, they evolved in a certain way so that they could swim very fast. Other fish have evolved in a different way where there is like security in the masses so they will create these, these schools of fish uh, because they know that there is a certain safety in numbers and, and predators can never eat up the entire school. Uh, so you have a much bigger chance of survival if you group together. Um, but the calmness of these fish teaches me that sometimes in life you have to kind of like get rid of your huge aspirations it, it, especially when when they create frustration and tension or even anger and disappointment maybe the question that you should ask yourself is 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 it what can i do to make sure that what what is possible can meet my expectations. So it sometimes means you have to change your plans. And a, a good thing that helps me to uh, to remind myself that 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 it, it's sometimes much better to just calm down is a phrase that I heard on a podcast, and I think I've already mentioned it in uh, Father Roderick to the Max. Uh, is the phrase, everything is neutral. So when you feel stressed, when something happens that you did not expect, or something fails, or uh, I don't know, you, you'd plan to do whatever and then you got sick, you got COVID. We have a tendency to, to dramatize everything. And it's based upon our expectations and what we, well, I wanted to do this and now it's blocked and we get frustrated and angry. But tell yourself in those moments, everything is neutral. It's, it's just, it is what it is. 
Like these fish, these sharks have not chosen to be here in this zoo, in this tank. But they're not bothered by this. They're not constantly bumping into the glass like, I want to get out. I, I, I'm not supposed to be confined here. No. This is their world. They swim around. Everything is neutral. It is what it is. And um, what gives your life meaning and purpose is not what happens to you. That's one of my biggest lessons of the past few years. It's like, uh, I, would, I would often blame other people for what they did to me or didn't do to me <laughs> for, for life that just gave me COVID or uh, an injury that occurred. And what it did was it, it, it made me basically a victim of the circumstances. Whether if you tell yourself everything is neutral it makes it gives you an opportunity to give a new meaning to what happens to you to tell your own story and to maybe rethink situations that in previous times you may have considered to be bad or even catastrophic but everything is neutral so you can you can reframe it the, the, what happens to you in life itself, in itself, has no power over you. You have the power to give it meaning. Now, oftentimes, of course, we are not that deliberate. We're not that, um, how you say that, intentional about the way we think about what happens to us. But for me, the repeating, especially in stressful situations, everything is neutral, reminds me that, oh, wait a minute. Instead of you know, getting overworked, getting getting worked up about this, and feeling like a victim of circumstances. This is it, this is a neutral thing. This is just an event that occurs in my life. Can I reframe it and rethink it in a way that is more productive, more fruitful than this panic attack that I have or this anger that I currently feel? Take a few breaths, and then tell yourself everything is neutral. I can reframe this. I can rethink this. I'm standing up again and I am following the path through these caverns to the uh, luminescent fish. So, so these kids are looking at tiny fishes that light up in the dark. And so, uh, oh, by the way, that's another nice metaphor. These lu luminescent fishes... There is no light in, in, in that particular tank. It's pitch dark. They generate their own light. They, they, the light comes from within. That's a beautiful metaphor, I think, of what we can do in situations where we feel like the world and my life is dark right now. You have the power to create light yourself. And that begins with the way you talk about what happens to you, the way you give it meaning. Um, everything is neutral means that uh, you could tell your own story this is kind of like a follow up to what I said last week when I was talking about the power of storytelling we're all telling our own stories I've left the, the caves it's a little brighter here there's a big model of a, of a whale <laughs> that is stranded on the beach wow it's a huge whale 
in the sand. There's a whole diorama here. There's also a turtle, a sea turtle. And uh, I don't know why it's lying there. It's probably because they can't submerge it. <laughs> it looks pretty impressive. It's a huge, huge whale. So, um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Um, the, the, there are two techniques that I apply when, whenever I feel stressed out by what happens to me. And it's usually when it's something that I did not expect. And that happens to all of us. You can't insulate yourself from, from those moments in life. But what you can do is stop yourself. And so there is this technique, of this breathing technique. Like if you feel anxiety or anger or frustration, um, you can do these you can breathe in like twice very quickly without breathing out so it's like and then you hold your breath for a while and then you let it go and then you do it again like and you let it go that's that's number one and then you keep repeating to yourself everything is neutral i can tell my own story here i have the power to reframe that little it sounds very much like a self-help technique and maybe it is but I have to tell you it works it works all the time I had this situation uh, just recently where um, I, I was walking um, this was another training walk and I get this pain in my right shin and I was like oh shoot I've overdone it I may get an injury and then I, if I'm injured I can't train anymore so I will not be prepared for the four-day walking event, which means I'm going to miss it. It's all is lost. And I started catastrophizing. Uh, it, it's, it's an old habit that I inherited from my parents, where you always immediately think of the worst-case scenario, the worst thing that can happen, catastrophizing. And then I was like, okay, let's give it a try. So I was like, everything is neutral. Everything is neutral. And then I was like, well, what if I get injured? What's, what, what, the, that's not a problem. It means that I, well, I over uh, trained myself a little bit. That's a good lesson for the future. Maybe, maybe the injury will be over. Maybe it's just a temporary pain. Uh, very often you have these little warning signs. I will just slow down a little bit. Maybe it's just, this will pass. Maybe it's nothing. Like, like it's a signal of my body, like, don't push yourself too much. So this pain doesn't mean, like, immediately, oh, this is an injury. No, it may be just a little warning sign. Stop, slow down, because otherwise you're, you're getting injured. And then even if this is an injury, then you basically have a week where you don't have to walk 50 kilometers per day for four days in, in the hot sun. Uh, you can just sit on the couch and watch TV because you have already cleared out your calendar. This is a positive thing if this happens. It's positive if I can walk those four days, but it's also positive if I don't have to walk it because of an injury. I, I have tons of things that I can do that are fun. So why would I stress out? And, and it's very simple, but it's so worked. And I got a smile on my face so what I did was uh, I started to I, I, I paused a little bit I drank some water because sometimes these pains can also be because you're dehydrated um, I ate a, a little biscuit I always have a few of those like super fibrous biscuits uh, on me with some extra 
sugar in it. Uh, that gave me some energy. And then I just walked at a, at a leisurely pace. Or normally I try to walk about five or six kilometers. And uh, well, how do you translate this? My pace is uh, six kilometers per hour. Uh, but that's fast and I have to really put some effort in it. So I went back to a little less than five kilometers per hour. And then, you know, after a while, the pain started to subside. And yeah, my legs were super sore when I came back home. But the next, even the next few hours, the pain already went away. And so the recovery time gets shorter and shorter. It was a good lesson for me that, hey, you started to immediately think about this is a disaster. This is the end of my ambitions. I'll never get over these injuries. And what am I going to do if I can't walk that, that event? It's neutral. You'll, you'll, you'll find something. It's not a problem. It's all positive. And, um, and, and, and so it turned out that it just passed. It was just a little warning sign of my leg. Like, uh, you're maybe walking a little bit too fast. And this, is, this happened, of course when I was at uh, like the 35 kilometer uh, point. So I'd already walked for uh, almost seven hours. So it's obvious that my body started to protest a little bit. And so, yeah, everything is neutral. Don't catastrophize. Just breathe in, breathe out and reframe, rethink the situation. That was what I think we can learn from these fishes. They, they don't panic. <laughs> and even when a school is attacked by a bigger fish what happens is that there is this moment where they all like dive away they accelerate and then they regroup and they will just they continue to do what they do they adapt that's that's i think a, a huge quality that uh, if you can master that in your own private life then i think your life will become a lot calmer and nicer <laughs> than if you're constantly in high alert mode all right, thank you so much for walking with me. My patrons get to walk another extra mile if you want to listen to that podcast as well as a number of other podcasts that I, uh, that I distribute to a specific podcast feed for the patrons. Check it out on patreon.com slash fatherroderick. I'm so grateful for your time and for your support and hopefully what I share can help you a little bit in life. Let me know in the comments or on Discord. Talk to you later. God bless.